Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. supper and Bridget the only thing I think we need to change on that song is we need to start with our left hand so I get more steps <laughs> gotta get credit for those okay so during Jesus ministry on earth many followed him and his teachings some of the most notable followers included his 12 disciples men who were called by Jesus and minister to serve and teach. Like our church body today, the disciples had different backgrounds, strengths, weaknesses, and personalities. Some of these men were closer to Jesus than others, including the two brothers, James and John. Their active participation in Jesus' life and their friendship with him has made them some of the more notable figures in the New Testament. The two brothers had strong personalities, which earned them the nickname by Jesus, the Son of Thunder. Not only did Jesus know and love these two brothers, but he also used their strengths to lay a great foundation of service and love, despite their shortcomings. Let's learn more about these two brothers and where they got their nickname and their lasting impacts. James and John were fishermen in Galilee, working with their father Zebedee, until one day when Jesus came calling. Mark 1, 16 through 20. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were there in their boats mending nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with their hired servants and followed him. Like Peter and Andrew, Jesus called upon James and John, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him, showing that the two men were obedient and dedication to God early on. Those who Christ calls must leave and follow him, and by his grace, not our own, Power, Christ will incline us to do so. We must not cling to things of this world and be consistent with our duty to Christ. Mark also made the comment that James and John not only left their father, but also left their fishing business and their hired servants, who I'm sure they had friendships with, or at least responsibilities of having people working for and with them. All these relationships the two brothers left to follow Jesus. Are we ready to make that sacrifice in our own lives when Jesus calls us to follow him? I don't know that I would have the confidence like these men had when they dropped everything and went. I struggle some days to get off the couch when Jill calls us for supper, let alone leave everything behind to start a new career path that I knew little about. And are we ready to encourage our children 
grandchildren, friends, or loved ones like Zebedee did, it would be very hard as a dad to watch my child leave the family business and walk down the beach. Not sure if, sure if my first thought would be about their safety or when I'll see them again or what they're going to do or it would be more selfish thoughts or worldly thoughts of who's going to finish the nets they were mending or I'm not cleaning all these fish on my own. But, but if that day comes and one of our children are called by God to leave and follow him into missions, God would have worked, been working in our hearts as parents and loved ones to support them in their calling. So after Jesus had called his 12 disciples from different walks of life and different skills, he took them to the mountain. In Mark 3, 13 through 17, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those whom he desired, and they came to him. And he appointed twelve, whom he also named apostles, so that they might be with him, and he might send them out to preach and have authority to cast out demons. He appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Boingeris, that is, translated is the sons of thunder. After the two brothers were appointed, they followed Jesus diligently. The two brothers were considered to be part of the inner circle along with Peter. We see these three with Jesus often in private settings, with Jesus along with many accounts in Jesus' ministry on earth. James and John were called upon to be by his side for many major events. James and John were the two, two of the three at the transfiguration in Matthew 17, and they were with Jesus when he prayed in Gethsemane in Matthew 26, and John was at the tomb. This is one of my favorite accounts of John, and it always makes me laugh about him. This accurately shows a lot about John and his personality when he was a younger man. In John 21 through 10, this passage will be very familiar to most of us. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and he saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with other disciples, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths laying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon and Peter followed him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths laying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not laying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw the and saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that must rise, rise from the dead. Then his disciples went back to their homes. So, to give a quick disclaimer before I keep going on, very important passage in, in our Christian belief. I, it's like the prime rib of the meat and potatoes, and we're going to look at the little gristle pieces in the very important part. So, the first statement that 
I found was interesting that John made that he pointed out the one whom Jesus loved as how he referred to himself, which gives me a little idea of his character referring to it. You know, it'd be kind of strange if one of my daughters referred to themselves as I'm the daughter whom my father loves, you know. We love all, you know, I'm sure Jesus loved all his disciples. Maybe he was a favorite. But that was kind of interesting in that passage he put that in. Um, and then his second statement was, but the other disciples outran Peter and reached the tomb first. So it, to me, he was really proud that he was a faster runner. and he, he was the first one there. Pointed that out in the middle of a very important account in the Bible. Um, but he didn't go in the tomb. He, he kind of, to me, he kind of peeked in and saw it was empty. But he waited for Peter, who was slower than him, to go check it out. But I thought it was, you know, important that he was the fastest runner. And then again later, he again said, then the other disciple, and the, who reached the tomb first, also went in. So he finally went in after he saw it was all clear. So he was pretty proud of himself, but was a little nervous to to be the first one in. So that was kind of a good example of maybe the personality of John where he may be a little boisterous or a little self-confident at times, possibly. So which leads us on to the two brothers and their nickname, the Sons of Thunder. So there isn't any hard evidence why Jesus gave them that I could find. But from... What I read in the most commentaries point to Luke 9.51 as a good example of how they got their nickname. So it reads, When the days draw near for him to take up, he, sent, he, he set his face to Jerusalem, and he sent the messengers ahead of him, whom he went, entered the village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. The, but the people did not receive him, because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. It definitely shows the two brothers had some passion behind their decisions or ideas at times, which very easily could have led to that nickname. Now, brothers also had some help from their mother. In Matthew, the full account is Matthew 20 through 28. We'll just read the first four verses. The mother of the son of Zebedee came up to him with her son, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to, she said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, do you not know what you are asking? Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup, but, it, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. This account is, is an important account in these two brothers' life. We don't have the time to look into the account and give it justice as it deserves. But a quick look at the passage shows that even these two that studied directly under Jesus and were close friends with him did not understand the kingdom of God. They did not know what they were asking about. And the end 
They asked about the end, but not and overlooked the means to the end. I would encourage you to study this account at home. It's pretty interesting. As we are coming to the end, there's a few things we should know about James and John. James remained a faithful, faithful disciple in the early church. It was known that there are two James among the disciples. James, the son of Alphaeus, was called James the Lesser, and James, the brother of John, who we talked about tonight, was known as James the Greater. The greater name was from probably from him being taller or older. From what I read, it had nothing to do with importance. James was present during the major events that went on during Jesus' ministry on earth. He was mentioned in name often, but not always as much detail as other disciples. After Jesus' work was done on earth, James continued to serve the Lord until his last breath as a missionary. James the Greater was the first apostle to die for their faith. John was the last apostle to die. He was the only one of the twelve that didn't suffer a violent death. John suffered plenty and lived for the faith. He was subject to suffering throughout his life. On one occasion, he was scheduled to be executed by being boiled in oil, but somehow he was able to escape that fate. John wrote five books of the New Testament, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the Gospel of John, and Revelations. In his younger days, with his brother, they were known as the Sons of Thunder, but in John's later years, he was known as the Apostle of Love. The unique personalities of James and John add richness and excitement into the 12 disciples of Jesus. Through events of the Bible happening long ago, the disciples in Jesus' time were made up of many different complex personalities and traits as our church body is made up of today, with different strengths and weaknesses, callings and talents, which we all can use together to be fishers of men in our community and wherever else we are called. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank you for for the accounts that you've left for us to study to to better understand you and your your calling and your desires for us, Lord. And we ask you that you continue working with through us and that we understand more about your disciples and your calling for each one of us through these, the studies of the disciples during Lent, Lord. In your name we pray.